Hello, everybody. I like that's the first comment right there. Yes, I do mean dragon punches, Duck Helmet. Uh, if it was something else, it would be a very different NSFW stream. Welcome to the Chenzor Dynasty here on twitch.tv slash jchenzor. This is a first time in a long time that we've had an episode of Unchenzored. And if you guys are unfamiliar with Unchenzored, these, this is the stream in which I basically give my unfiltered and uh, not safe, not particularly safe for work rant on whatever topics I feel like it. Uh, usually it's something that I got to feel angry and passionate about. I haven't really felt this angry about something in a while, but... Finally, something has been getting on my mind that has been driving me absolutely fucking nuts right now. And that is, of course, the subject of invincible DPs. And of course, by DPs, we're talking dragon punches. And by dragon punches, we mean uppercuts, any sort of invincible reversal move. And the thing that drives me mad, the thing that has made me so angry these days, it's not just that Street Fighter V has taken away our invincible meterless dragon punches. Meterless dragon punches. But the fact that every time I suggest that we should bring back meterless dragon punches, that people are like, nah, I'm good. Meterless dragon punches are broken. Meterless dragon punches are brain dead. They're invincible. They, they give people free way. When the fuck? fuck did this actually happen? Like seriously, when the fuck did people all of a sudden start thinking that invincible dragon punches were broken? How did this thought become, like, I feel like we're going back to the fucking Street Fighter 2 days when people are like, throws are cheap. Oh my god, if you throw me, I have to be able to throw you back. Like what, I mean what, like, if I uppercut you with an invincible DP, what, do, do you have, do I have to let you fucking DP me back or some shit like that? I mean, when the hell did this actually fucking happen? Like, when did, like, I don't want to say it this way. I don't want to say it this way because I don't want to insult people who believe this way. But when did you become so fucking soft? I mean, seriously. God damn, like, are, are Invincible DPs really that much of a problem? Have you never used an invincible DP in your life and been killed for trying to do an invincible DP? I mean, seriously, like, what the fuck is even happening over here? People who talk about this, I swear to God, they treat it like it's like some sort of like fucking magic bullet or something. Like, I'm just gonna DP and I'm gonna be every block string and there's no downside to this and it's completely broken and it's completely too, like... Everyone keeps saying to me stuff like, Oh, well, if you give this character invincible DP, then they all should have invincible DPs because it's completely unfair to the characters who don't have them. Have you not been playing fighting games for the past 20 fucking years? I mean, maybe not. I mean, obviously a lot of people are very young and they don't understand it, but Jesus Christ. Like, seriously, like, this has been a thing in fighting games forever now. Like, I don't... 
understand. And especially because like people are saying this about Street Fighter Five, like you can't put invincible DPs in there. It doesn't make sense if only one character has one. Dude, look at every other fucking fighting game that we have out there right now. Dragon Ball Fighters, only some characters have invincible DPs. Guilty Gear, only some characters have invincible DPs. Samurai Showdown, only some characters have invincible DPs. Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, Marvel Versus Capcom games, Undernight in Birth, like Every one of these fucking games has it so that only some characters have invincible uppercuts. And there's not a problem. This hasn't ever been a problem. I don't I don't understand where the hell this mindset came from. It's so baffling to me that people feel this way about invincible uppercuts that like they're some sort of super crazy broken ass mechanic. And you know what? I actually blame Street Fighter 4. I blame Street Fighter 4 for a lot of shit, okay? I mean, uh, one of my previous episodes was about proximity normals and why we should have proximity normals. And everyone's like, oh, well, proximity normals are bad. I never get the move I want. No, that was fucking Street Fighter 4, okay? They programmed the proximity detection very poorly in that game. And in Street Fighter 4, they also created Uppercut FADC, which made the invincible escapable uppercut safe if you did uppercut and backdash and try to get out of there. And now all of a sudden, people hate wake up uppercuts. They hate people mashing uppercuts, even though that shit is like so goddamn punishable, right? Look, people are like, oh, look, DPs are super scrubby. They can just mash DPs during my block strings and now they can just get... No, actually, you know what it is? Is that you don't hate DPs, you want your scrubby offense is what it is. You just want to be able to hit buttons and have nobody be able to do any repercussions about it. The whole point of fighting games is that if I fucking know what you're going to do, I should be able to beat it. And if I know you're going to autopilot your block string, then I should be able to fucking uppercut it, right? That's the way it works. That's the way, if I know you're going to do something, I should be able to uppercut it. That's how fighting games work. This is the way it works. But again, like I said, I think that it was just Street Fighter 4 ruined it because of uppercut FADCs. And now everybody's so soured on wake up invincible uppercuts or uppercuts in the middle of block strings. And, you know, they're not looking back far enough at just how much this mechanic has, is, is, Honestly, the Dragon Punch is one of the most balanced mechanics in all of fighting game history. There's a reason why it's been an archetype since the original Street Fighter 2. And there's a reason why this move is so goddamn iconic because the uppercut, just like the fireball, by the way, is just one of the most intelligently well-designed mechanics and moves in fighting game history. It's like the whole point, the whole existence of the move is just such a well-balanced idea. Now, it's the other thing too is like, you know, I still even remember when we were watching Street Fighter 4, you remember that match where Daigo walked up to Gamer B and he fucking like did four, he did three meaty uppercuts to Gamer B. He walked up to Gamer B when he was getting up and he did a fierce uppercut that wasn't even FADC-able and he hit Gamer B and then he walked up to him and Gamer B got up and then he did a fierce uppercut and it hit Gamer B again, and then the third time he walked up to me, he did a fierce uppercut, and he hit Gamer B a third time in a row, and everyone got really fucking hype about that shit. Like, 
I thought people liked Ume Shoryu, so like, why is everybody all of a sudden so mad at uppercuts? It's because you want to fucking hit buttons and not have to think about it. You want to have no repercussions when you hit buttons. So let's talk about the Dragon Punch as a mechanic, as a character mechanic, okay? Look, again, I'm going to repeat this. Dragon Punches are probably one of the smartest defensive mechanics ever designed in fighting games from a balance standpoint. It is such an intelligently designed move conceptually. And it is, I, I, like, I can't express how much it makes fighting games, especially 2D games, work. Because 2D games play very differently. There's not this concept of high-low attacks that you can high-crush, low-crush, sidestep, all this shit like this, right? Dragon punches work for so many reasons, okay? So here's one of the main reasons why dragon punches work, okay? It is the get out of jail free card. And yes, a lot of people hate that, but that's what makes it so good. The reason why fighting games work is you cannot have a guess and fighting games are all about guesses, by the way. I don't want anyone out there to tell you that fighting games are not about guesses. If anybody says, oh, this fighting game doesn't have guesses, or I play and I never guess when I play fighting games, that's absolute fucking bullshit, okay? I've fallen into that trap before. I've even said that before, that I don't feel like I guess as much. when it, No, everything is a fucking guess in fighting games. But the whole point is it's all educated guesses, and it's all weighted guesses. And the way you make weighted guesses work is that you have options that only beat certain options or like a dragon punch you create something that fucking beats everything out there you have a move that beats everything out there and that is beautiful it's genius because it gives you a way to escape every option however it is so punishable it is one of those things that if you bait out, you can destroy people with, right? I mean, in Street Fighter V, sure, in the first season, some of these characters had, only four characters had invincible uppercuts. And then everybody's like, oh my god, these characters are top tier because they have invincible uppercuts. And that wasn't even why they were top tier. And I don't even think Ryu would have been top tier after, if we had been continued playing the vanilla season one for like, two years, I think Ryu would have dropped down in tears by that point. And here's the thing, right? You know, okay, so maybe you think having a, 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 an invincible uppercut is broken, right? So let's say in Street Fighter season 5, Season 1, you might think that it's broken. Okay, well, here's an idea. Here, Okay, look, we can easily balance this shit out, okay? Just make it. Here's an idea. Here's a crazy idea out there for everybody, okay? Here's a crazy idea out there for everybody. What if we made it so that when an uppercut is blocked or when it whips, during its entire recovery, it goes into a special counter hit state that if you hit it, you get to do extra damage. And, and you know what? Here's a great idea. Let's make it so that everybody else has these moves that when they counter hit, they do like this awesome extra damage and puts them into a special reel that's like accompanied with like this ground, glass breaking sound effect or something like that that lets us do even more damage to the character when they whiff their uppercut or get an uppercut blocked. 
and uh, let's give it like a fancy name and like make a whole system around it. Like, I don't know, like, I don't know what should we call it, like a smash counter or I know, let's call it a fucking crush counter. Okay. You fucking have a crush counter in there and you're going to take a shit ton of damage and you are going to die from it. And it even got to a point where in Street Fighter V where they're like, oh, crush counters are too powerful now, so let's tone the damage down on crush counters. Oh, but now let's make it so uppercuts take 1.2 extra damage. Like, they did everything in their power to make uppercuts weak. And they are super weak. As they are in Street Fighter V. I'm so mad that I'm fogging up my fucking glasses right now. Look, honestly, like... I'm not sure where people came up with this idea that they were too powerful in the first season of Street Fighter V. But, I mean, let's just go back to the whole idea of Dragon Punch as a mechanic, okay? Let's just talk about Dragon Punches as a mechanic here. Like I said, weighted guessing is so important in fighting games. And to give everybody the ability to Dragon Punch to escape a situation gives players a sense of control and the best thing about this is that that sense of control is a false sense of control because at the highest levels it's not gonna matter yes are you gonna get hit by a wake up uppercut from time to time of course you are but every once in a while you're gonna bait that and you're gonna destroy people for doing it and the overall balance of damage taken and given is going to be negligible compared to how it is without the invincible uppercuts. The thing is, you're giving someone a weighted option that works against everything, that tempts them to use it a lot more times. When I played Street Fighter 4, I played against a Ken player that I knocked him down and I walked up and I blocked and he did uppercut and I did low forward drill. I walked up to him, he woke up, he did uppercut, I blocked it, I did low forward drill. I walked up to him, I blocked, he did uppercut, I did low forward drill. He got up and I threw him. And I killed him. Like that shit is amazing. That shit is fucking brilliant. Because you've given somebody this option to try to do something like that, like an uppercut that beats everything, you give them a false sense of control. But here's the thing, that is what fucking video games are. Video games are about a false sense of control and this is how you get people to keep playing fighting games. This is how you get people to keep playing fighting games. Because the thing about the uppercut is that it, the feedback from an uppercut is probably the greatest feedback machine in all of fighting games. When you land an uppercut, you feel really fucking good about yourself. If you are a new player and you're mashing uppercuts and you mash an uppercut in between a block string and you hit someone poking at you, you feel like a god. You feel so good about yourself by having this move available to yourself. What a lot of people are not understanding is that I, when I say that we need invincible uppercuts, I'm not looking at like how it affects the balance at the highest end. I'm looking at how the balance is affected at the lower end here. Having an uppercut gives players a sense of control and a, and a sense that they're able to do something. 
But the best part of the uppercut is that when it's blocked or baited and you fucking murder them for doing it, they don't complain. Do you understand how powerful of a feedback mechanic that is? Do you guys understand just how powerful this is in terms of a psychological aspect of when you're playing a fighting game? Right? What's the easiest thing to do in a fighting game is to complain about how cheap something is. This character's broken. This thing is, this move is too powerful. This is too buff. This is, this game is scrubby. You can just fucking mash buttons and shit like that. You have a mechanic built into your game that when people use it, they feel good about themselves. And when it's blocked or when it's baited and they fucked up, they don't question it. They're like, fuck, he baited my uppercut and you lose this shit ton of damage and people just sit there and kind of feel bad about it. You guys can't even possibly understand how important that is as a mechanic. You never hear people complain about how uppercuts are useless. Because if it gets blocked, they take a shit ton of damage. In Street Fighter 4, I never saw anybody say anything about uppercuts are useless. Because every time it gets blocked, I die. You don't hear people say that shit in any of these games. In Dragon Ball, in Undernight, in Grand Blue, when your uppercut is blocked, nobody says, Man, what the fuck is the point of this uppercut? This uppercut should be safe on block. Like, why am I even going to use this move if, if they block it? I can take a shit ton of damage. Nobody says this. And that is because it is the perfect feedback mechanic in fighting games. Because when it's blocked, you know you deserve to die. And so by giving people this option to have an uppercut to get them out of situations... This gives them the ability to feel like they can do something, to feel good about themselves, and when they're wrong, they've already accepted that they're wrong. Like, think about that from a game design standpoint. Think about that from a game design point. If you are a game designer and you are trying to get people to play your fighting game, think about how valuable that is. Think about how, because the hardest thing in fighting games to learn is that every time you take damage, it was your fault, it was your mistake. And the Dragon Punch does that automatically for you. They don't have to learn. They don't have to learn, oh, this move is fucking plus on block. I hit a button afterwards and I got counter hit. Why is this shit happening? No, they don't, they, they, you have to have someone explain that shit to you when you're starting to learn fighting. But if you know you can uppercut shit and it's super powerful, but every time it's blocked or whiffed, you get killed, nobody has to explain that to you. And the less you have to explain about your fighting game to people, the more that is inherently understandable, the better your fighting game is going to be. Okay? That's just, that's the end of the story. And you see here in the chat over here, some people are talking about playing, you know, Oken and ST. Right? ST, everybody has a DP. Ken has... Arguably the second best uppercut in the game. Cammy has like the third best uppercut in the game. Guess who's the worst character in that game? 
Cammy. Guess who's not even close to being top tier? Ken. Hey, look at that. <laughs> what are the odds? What are the odds? Safe on block DPs that most characters can't punish. They're not the best characters in the game. The dragon punch is not fucking broken. The dragon punch as a mechanic has never been broken in 20 years. There's not one fighting game out there that you can come here and tell me that the dragon punch was the most broken mechanic that clearly made the best character top tier in that game. It just doesn't exist because if you design an uppercut so that it's punishable on the way down, even in Super Turbo when it's not, it didn't fucking matter. Uh, and they don't have a ton of horizontal range. Look at all the people getting mad about wanting a fucking EX green hand back in street in for Zangief, right? Those are probably the same people who fucking hate uppercuts too. But that's all EX Green Hand in is the fucking horizontal uppercut. You want to give Zangief an uppercut. Hello? That's all you're trying to do is give Zangief an uppercut. Because, and it's a, and, and it's a horizontal one. It's a badly designed uppercut. No uppercut should go horizontal. They all should have limited horizontal range. EX Green Hand is one of the fucking most broken ass uppercuts in the game. I don't, like, it's wild to me that people on one hand can say, give me green hand, and then on the other hand, no fuck invincible uppercuts. Like, shit, what the hell is this, right? Like, look, uppercuts, like I said, are a great mechanic. They teach people how to play fighting games properly because as soon as it gets baited, then they go, oh, my opponent outthought me. And then immediately, what does the person start doing? Maybe I shouldn't wake up uppercut this time. Maybe I should actually block when I get up. Oh, look at this. All of a sudden, people are being trained to properly block when they get up. All of a sudden, they're being trained to think about what the other person wants to do. Hey, they're being taught how to play fighting games naturally and inherently through one of the most intelligently designed mechanics that exists in fighting games. You're teaching people how to play fighting games by having something that beats the throw, beats the meaty, beats jumps, Beats all of these things. Do you, do you understand that? Do you understand how powerful that is to have? And, by, and like right now, what do you have in a situation with Street Fighter? You're sitting there playing Street Fighter V. Some guy knocks you down. You're like, I'm going to try this. You lose. I'm going to try this. You lose. I'm going to try this. You lose. And you're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? How the hell do I get out of this situation? How do I live? How do I? And then they're like, this, you can't do anything. Defense is impossible. And they quit. And they quit the game. Whereas if you gave them an uppercut, they beat everything with that. Someone baits it out and crush counters them. And they're like, huh, maybe uppercut's a bad idea. I just died for doing this. And all of a sudden, they're playing fighting games now. Now they're going to be like, hmm, maybe I will do a random uppercut to, to surprise them. Maybe I won't do a random uppercut. Now they're playing fighting games. You've just given them a way to play fighting games. <laughs> like, honestly, that's, that's, like, that's how it works. 
You have to have a game so that people inherently learn without you having to directly teach them. Tutorials are not going to teach people. Having outside resources isn't going to teach people. You need to teach people with the game itself and Dragon Punches do that better than anything. Now, the other argument that ever You know what? I'm fucking thirsty. I need fucking a drink because my mouth is dry right now. And you know what? Nothing says fucking anger like a giant bottle of chocolate milk. That's how you quench anger right there is a giant ass bottle of chocolate milk. Because fuck yeah, chocolate milk. Chocolate milk is delicious. All right. So, here's the other thing that everyone complains about all the time when they talk about invincible uppercuts. Well, if that character gets an invincible uppercut, then my character should get an invincible uppercut too. Why is it that only some characters get this system mechanic? It should be a system mechanic built in for every character, blah, 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 blah. No! No! Fuck no! Not every character needs to have a fucking uh, invincible uppercut, okay? It's just, look... Variety is a good thing in fighting games. <laughs> Having characters with different abilities is a good thing in fighting games. There are so many fighting games where characters don't have invincible uppercuts. You just, you don't have to give it to everybody. And then everybody argues, well, if my character doesn't have an invincible uppercut, how am I supposed to compete because I'm missing the super vital overpowered mechanic that destroys everything and is never punishable and is clearly just the greatest mechanic in all of gaming and fighting game history because nobody can do anything about uppercuts during a block string right i mean no not every character needs to have this shit because that's the way they're supposed to be designed right I mean, Dalsum right now in Street Fighter... I mean, in Street Fighter 4, Dalsum was amazing as a zoning character, but then when people got in on him, he died. That's his whole entire game design. That's how you fucking design characters in fighting games. You give them holes in their games. You give them weaknesses. Do you really want Manat to have a wake-up uppercut? Fuck no. Do you want G and M. Bison to have an uppercut, an invincible uppercut? Fuck no. Like, those characters are the opposite of Dalsum. They're designed to just oppress you when you not when they knock you down and then then people will be like well they're not gonna work anymore because the person can now just always wake up uppercut and destroy you too they can fucking destroy that you know if you wake up uppercut against the g and g blocks that shit you're probably dead i mean that's just the way g works right and like i said this shit has existed forever and super turbo bison didn't have an uppercut and guess what bison's probably in a higher tier than ken is Bison's definitely a higher tier than Cammy is in Super Turbo, and he didn't have a fucking uppercut. I don't get it. I don't get why people are so mad about this. And again, look, it's not a system mechanic that everybody has, right? Just because you have an invincible uppercut doesn't mean everybody should have it. I know people have complained about this, but not every character has a command grab. Not every character has a fireball. Not every character has the ability to change their jump arc, which is really fucking powerful, if you guys don't realize how powerful that tool is. 
Not every character has a robbery V trigger. Not every character even has a fucking usable V skill, dude. I mean, look, there's just so many things that are not shared between every character. There's... That's a good thing. It's a good thing to create variety. It's a good thing to create characters with different playstyles. If you gave everybody an uppercut, it would be pointless and you would not be able to design the characters well. You couldn't make a zone. I mean, look at what happened when, when fucking uh, Fairy has an uppercut. Look how many people are losing their shit in Grand Blue Fantasy Versus that Dalsum has an uppercut. Right? shit away from her make it so she dies when you get in on her that's good that's a good thing variety character styles weaknesses you have to design characters with holes you have to design characters with flaws and so if you want to be able to create zoning archetypes they can't have wake up uppercuts if you want to design a character who's a rush down monster you can't give them wake up uppercuts because they need to have a weakness in that in which they can get rushed down as well that's how fighting games are designed characters can be buffed in so many different ways if you think having a reversal uppercut is this god solution to every fucking thing on the planet you're not, you haven't used an uppercut before. You clearly have not used an uppercut and have only just been hit by 7,000 uppercuts. By the way, Trevzor and Kmark7, suck my nuts, assholes. Um, thank you for the subscription, by the way. But in any case, um, not every character has to have an uppercut. Yeah, mid-level players bait DPs. I mean, mid-level players have figured out how to do that. But again, isn't that great? They're being taught to think about what the opponent wants to do. They're being taught to play fighting games. Now, okay, let's talk about invincible DPs and why this is a problem. There are definitely some problems with invincible DPs, and people have talked about this to me, and I agree with a lot of these things. So, for example, uh, if you have an invincible DP, that automatically gives you an anti-air, an invincible anti-air. Some characters don't need this, this invincible anti-air, um, but it would be nice to give them a DP anyway. So let's talk about, like, Nash, for example. What if uh, heavy uh, Sonic Scythe was an uppercut. Well, if he had an anti-air, that would be kind of fucking broken, right? If he had an actual anti-air, that would be kind of broken. That totally makes sense. Well, you can overcome this in a lot of clever ways, right? So, for example, you could make it so that, design it so that hurt boxes can't be hit by grounded attacks. So it doesn't work against jumps. It only works against grounded players. And I think that would be kind of a neat idea. I think that would be cool. Like, make it hit on, you know, whatever frame, but the first few frames can only be hit, the startup can only be hit by grounded, uh, by jumping attacks. Because then it won't work against anti-airs at all. It'll have to work exactly as it did before. Uh, Blaze Blue Cross-Tag Battle is a fucking perfect example of this. Of course, it's dependent on the game. Blaze Blue Cross-Tag Battle is probably one of the most intelligently designed games in terms of how they implemented their Dragon Punch mechanic. And yes, they turned it into a system mechanic. They gave it to everybody. 
but in true fashion of making sure everybody's balanced, you'll notice that everybody's uppercut in Blaze Blue Crosstag Battle works drastically different. Give people a counter uppercut like they do in Blaze Blue Crosstag Battle. So it's much easier to bait and punish. You know, so that the opponent literally has to attack, but you can still be thrown or something. You know, you give them the ability to have these different kinds of levels of uppercuts. Not only that, but Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle also built their uppercut into the same input as the push block. So if you're in block stun, you can't sit here and mash the buttons to try to get an uppercut out in the middle of a block string. You're going to end up push blocking and wasting meter instead. And that's another problem, too, is that honestly, the reversal windows are way too fucking big now. So everybody's sitting there and wake up uppercuts are super easy to do. One of the reasons why in Super Turbo that, what, 13 of the 16 characters have uppercuts and it doesn't feel broken and people are going for meaties all the time anyway, it's because wake up uppercuts are hard to do. But regardless of that, even if they aren't hard or not, you can actually still bait things out. And in the highest levels, guess what's going to happen? Most people aren't going to just willy-nilly wake up uppercut in the middle of nowhere because they know that there's the potential of having it get baited out, so it just becomes the mind game that we already know with, it, with, with EX uppercuts, right? And in fact, I feel like EX uppercuts are harder to predict. They're more powerful now because the fact that people shouldn't ever be just throwing them out in the middle of nowhere, and you can't expect them to because most of the time they don't have the meter. A lot of the times they don't have the meter for it. So I just feel like that there's gonna be a higher chance that these EX uppercuts are actually gonna land. If you actually put in regular uppercuts, I actually think EX uppercuts would basically almost never work, right? People would be so much more careful about late meaties to bait out reversal timings. There's so many strategies built around the wake up uppercut that you can use to punish things. A lot of people have been really good at throwing in late meaties, like maybe one or two frames after they get up. But then, you know, oh, well, then the guy can get up with the regular button or regular throw. Yeah, welcome to fighting games. You're playing fucking fighting games. And that actually makes the shimmy more powerful, too. You can actually do that. But back to the whole dangers of DP, uh, you know, one of the other things that people have talked about, you know, that that's scary about dragon punches is, you know, you can dragon punch into a super and get this fuck ton of damage or not only that, but it can turn the tide of a battle really well. This is something that a lot of people talk about that. Oh, you jab in the jab uppercut in the middle of a block string and all of a sudden you get the Oki and, you know, Street Fighter five is a very dangerous game. Well, look. Again, these are all really easy things to balance. Look at Ryu's Fierce Uppercut that I talked about earlier from Street Fighter 4. The Fierce Uppercut, which was the big invincible uppercut, couldn't be canceled into an FADC. Right? Why don't we just do that? Make everybody's heavy uppercut uncancelable into a critical art. And make everybody's heavy uppercut float in the air really long or have really long recovery because then it's way more punishable when blocked. So there's no way you can get away with a safe on block jab uppercut. And you get no Oki afterwards. So if I hit you with a fierce uppercut, that's the only one that's invincible and I knock you down and you land. You can't do anything. You, you can't get any Oki up. It's so easy to balance. I don't know why people are assuming that if you give someone an invincible uppercut, it's going to be Ken Jab DP 
that show you, show you, show you, show you, show you, you know, all day like this. And like I said, even in games where Ken's jab DP was fucking broken, did you ever play CVS 1? Holy shit, jab, Ken's jab DP was stupid in CVS 1 because every time he jab DP'd you, he could do a level 1 show you repas and combo off of it. He did so much damage off of a jab uppercut. In Super Turbo, his jab uppercut, jab uppercut with jab uppercut is a tactic that still works 20 years later. <laughs> Me and another friend joke about this all the time. Show you, show you, and then the guy sticks a button out and they get hit. And we're like, yep, still works 20 years later. Like, er like this tactic still fucking works. And Ken's not even top tier. Ken's not even a good character. He's considered on the lower half of the tier list. In Super Turbo. Cammy can't even fucking be punished by half the characters when you block her uppercut. She's the worst character in the game. Having an uppercut doesn't make you inherently broken. So you can design uppercuts in all sorts of different ways. You can also make them like Urien's EX headbutt, for an example. Urien's EX headbutt in Street Fighter V has all this startup. You can safe mediate with lights because you can recover and block on time. There's so many ways you can alter an uppercut to change its balance. And I don't think people understand this. They're looking to, they think invincible uppercuts and the first thing they think of is the most broken uppercut in the game. And they're like, no, I don't want this. Like you can give people invincible uppercuts and they have a way out. If it beats a meaty throw, someone will feel good about this. You know what I mean? And like, you have to give them that option. If it beats that and the button, you have to give people the option about that. Now, a lot of people are going to start yelling at me and telling me here at this point in time that Street Fighter V already does this, okay? Street Fighter V has the three different uppercuts. For example, Ken's, the light punch is invincible to throws. So if you read a throw, you can jab uppercut it. The medium one is the one that works against anti-airs. It has the upper body and vulnerability starting at frame one. And then uh, the heavy DP is three frames. It's invincible on fra starting from frame three. So we can actually beat frame traps. So, you know, they've done a pretty decent job in Street Fighter V making up for this kind of mechanic. And they've really come up with a kind of intelligent design on how to make uppercuts still work. But it requires a little bit extra reads. It requires a little bit of prediction and stuff like that. And that's a good thing. And that is absolutely, undoubtedly a good thing. It's just that it's not fucking beginner friendly at all. It's just not beginner friendly at all because nobody's going to know about this. It doesn't tell you this in the game at all. At least I don't think it is. I've never seen it in the game. I don't know if their, their, their tutorial section actually tells you this kind of thing. Like, oh, yeah, use light uppercuts if you think they're going to throw you. Use heavy uppercuts to beat frame traps, you know. I don't think the game tells you that anywhere. It is not beginner friendly at all. And it just makes it that much harder for people to get into. It just makes it that much harder for people to understand. You give them an invincible uppercut. It can get crush countered on the after afterwards. It already takes 1.2 damage. So if Balrog supers it with his one hit super, you take a fuck ton of damage. Like, I don't... I... I... <sighs> 
I don't understand why everybody can't see like how important invincible dragon punches are. Anyways, I don't want to keep repeating that over and over and over and over again. But the one thing I will say about Street Fighter V, the one thing I will say about Street Fighter V right now is that the way the game is designed right now, yes, invincible uppercuts would be a mistake. My argument here is not talking about putting invincible uppercuts into Street Fighter V right now because obviously the game is in its fifth year. It's been very heavily designed around the concept of invincible, of not having meterless invincible DPs. So it's fine. And Street Fighter V is probably in the best state that it's ever been. It's very, very balanced. It's a very balanced game right now. In fact, people have so much difficulty creating tier lists for this game these days. Uh, I tried to create a bottom five list, and I basically came up with a list that I am definitely not happy with. Uh, but I don't think there is a list that I could be happy with. So, I no, I don't want to put Invincible DPs into Street Fighter V. It's not necessary at this point. The game works fine as it is. But the thing about it is, there's a reason why, honestly, I think that Street Fighter V is suffering because they don't have it. Not in terms of gameplay, not in terms of balance, but I'm just talking about in terms of people playing the game. Yeah, it's one of the most played games at fighting game tournaments, but let's, let's, let's realize that we are a microcosm. The FGC is such a small percentage of people that should be playing these games. People have to understand that we're trying to grow the genre. We're trying to get more people to play fighting games. We're trying to get people into the game. And the hardest thing about fighting games is that when you start playing it, it's intimidating. It's hard to play fighting games. People here know how hard it is to play fighting games. And when you take away these things and you force people to go to an external website to read one through six frames, invulnerable to throws, uh, this through this frames, invulnerable to... Like when you're forcing people to do stuff like that, you're not going to get people playing your game. This is just the way it is in Street Fighter V. We're seeing this, right? The numbers, even at events like EVO, it, it keeps dropping year after year. And then we look at a game like Tekken, you know, Tekken made it easier for people to get off, off the floor before Tekken Tag 2. I think it was Tekken Tag 2 they added. It might have been that or there might have been Tekken 7 that they added the easier way to get up off the floor. Um, until then, you know, people didn't really play Tekken all that much. Tekken kind of had lower numbers. Tekken 7 is wildly popular right now. And one of the reasons why is because people can get off the floor. They can get back into the match. And that's a big difference. In the end, it's not going to help people at all. They're still going to lose the better players because they can't play the neutral. But getting up off the floor feels so good. It just feels like you have the ability to get back and fight. I've had so many people tell me that they love Tekken 7 because when they lose, they know why they lost. They can tell why they lost. But when they play Street Fighter V... They can't tell why they lost. They just felt like they got overrun and they died. 
Guess what? None of these people know why they lost in Tekken 7. I say this all the time. They don't have any fucking clue why they lost in Tekken 7. They just feel better because they got up off the damn floor and were able to do something. And that's what an uppercut kind of gives you, right? Because in Tekken 7, you've got these wake-up kicks, and a lot of times you get, you got the stupid little spring kicks and whatever shit like that. You can roll backwards and get up off the floor, and everybody feels happy about that. They can get up off the floor. They can go to neutral. They can play neutral and die in neutral, but it feels like they're playing, and it feels like they know why they died, even though they have no idea why they died. Like I said, video games are all about tricking you into believing you are under control. And the hardest thing about Street Fighter V right now is that there is nothing in the game that makes you feel like you are under control. There's nothing in the game that makes you feel like you are in control. That's why you see a lot of people say, I'm not even happy when I win in Street Fighter V. Because when you play Street Fighter V and when even when you do beat somebody at a lower level, you have no the fuck clue why you beat somebody. The game is, like I said, it's perfectly great balance-wise. I actually really enjoy the game and I really like the state of it. I love watching it. I like playing it. I like watching the top players play it. I think it's one of the most fun games out there right now. But I'll tell you this right now, this game doesn't do shit for making people feel good about themselves. That's another thing that Tekken 7 has done super well, is they just make you feel good about landing shit. When you get a counter hit, the screen zooms in and it's just like pow, and then all of a sudden you see the guy crumple and you just, you feel like a god. If you guys have played the Guilty Gear Strive demo, holy shit that game makes you feel good about hitting people. Like, everything just makes you feel good about hitting people. In Street Fighter V, there's nothing that makes you feel good about hitting somebody. And having a dragon punch like that, I think, is one of the ultimate ones. Dude, when you play a game like Super Turbo or Hyper Fighting and I uppercut Guile's low forward kick, I feel like a fucking boss, dude. Even though I'm flailing uppercut, show you, show you, show you, and then, like, Bison kicks at me and I kick his leg, I still feel like a god. Even though I just scrubbily mashed three uppercuts in a row like a, like, a, like a nut, it still makes you feel good. And that's one thing that we're missing from sometimes when we're designing fighting games. People have forgotten how to make people feel good when you play fighting games. This is so important. This is so important to have in fighting games. And like I said, I feel like the Dragon Punch is one of the best things that can actually get in there. And again, Street Fighter V, like I said, when you get knocked down, you feel so helpless. Until you start understanding how the Street Fighter RPS works, the throw shimmy attack game, and when you start understanding how stealing turns works. And you know, I've talked to a lot of players out there, they say, dude, when I steal a turn, or when I get a shimmy in Street Fighter V, oh, that's where I start feeling really fucking good about myself. You're wrong, James. There's obviously ways people can feel themselves in Street Fighter V. Dude, 90% of the people playing Street Fighter V, 95% of the people playing Street Fighter V will never land a shimmy in their entire life. And I would say 98% of the people who play Street Fighter V will never recognize when they've stolen a turn. You have limited the amazing, I'm the badass feeling to like nobody. Nobody can actually feel good about this. Most people are not going to experience this at all. At all. And I'm not sure what uh, Romitsui 
is trying to say, and feeling good about yourself is actually equals money. I'm not sure if that means less than, I'm not sure what the, what, 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 I'm not sure. Look, feeling good about yourself is what makes games popular. You know, when you're playing Dragon Ball and you land this crazy ass super on people and have this animation, people feel good about themselves. I talked about this before. I learned this so well during uh, the first bar fights that Gutex ever ran. I learned this lesson so well because what I saw there, everybody who's played Street Fighter 4 knows that Ken, uppercut FADC into Shin Ryuken, has never been worth it. The Shinryuken does no fucking damage at all. It has never been powerful. Ken uppercut FADC into Shinryuken is weak. Yet, when someone did it at bar fights, I believe it was Edmod did it to Combo Fiend, and he did uppercut FADC into Shinryuken Ultra. As soon as that Ultra animation started, the audience all went, Oh! They all got excited and happy about it. But then the 1% who know fighting games were like, why would he do that? That's a waste. <laughs> like, but you had those people get excited. <laughs> and that's so important. That's so important to give people in fighting games. And I know we're talking about dragon punches here, and that's something that dragon punches do. Dragon punch is such an immediately recognizable attack. And everybody already knows the built-in strengths and weaknesses of a dragon punch. That when someone dragon punches a limb, everybody gets excited about that because they know if the dragon punch missed, they die. It's just built, the drama is built into the move automatically. The drama is already there. You don't have to educate people who have any modicum knowledge of fighting games at all. If they know anything about fighting games, they know that this dragon punch is really powerful, but every time you do it, it's a risk. So when you hit a limb, when Daigo walks up to you and does meaty dragon punch three times in a row, that means Daigo is fucking godlike. That means he's just amazing. And you don't have to teach anybody that. People will just know. Casuals who just barely know about fighting games will know how good that is. It's just, it's automatic. And you know, another thing a lot of people like to bring up to me is, well, Third Strike. Third Strike is the greatest Street Fighter game of all time. And it doesn't have invincible DPs, so why does that work? Why does that work so well, huh, James? Ha ha ha. Well, look, I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you Third Strike isn't the greatest Street Fighter game of all time. Because I know for a lot of people it is. And I know this is Unchenzored. I know this is my stream and I can say whatever the fuck I want. But the truth of the matter is every Street Fighter game is the greatest Street Fighter game to somebody. Okay? And every Street Fighter game is wonderful. So although Third Strike is not my favorite game personally, I recognize why Third Strike is so popular amongst people. And, you know, and... Why it works without uppercuts. The reason why it doesn't, that the game works without having invincible uppercuts, except for Ken and Akuma. I think they're the only ones that have uh, heavy uppercuts that are, are invincible, truly invincible. Outside of those two, there are no invincible uppercuts in the game. But the reason why it works is because you have something that's way better than an uppercut. 
What does the uppercut serve? What is the purpose of an uppercut? The uppercut is a one-frame move that can basically stop everything except for basically one option. You could throw it out in the middle of any frame trap, in the middle of any gap, and the uppercut works. Guess what? Third Strike has fucking parries which are like 10,000 times better than uppercuts and contain like way less risk. You can option select parries. And yes, yes, I know in Third Strike when you knock someone down, when they get up, you can mix between the high and the low parry. They had to build that in. If you get hit while crouching, you take extra damage. You get extra long reels, so there's better combos you can do against crouching characters, etc., etc. But the thing about it is, it's like, it's, 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 it's still less risk. It's still less risk than an uppercut is. And, and, and I don't see, like, like people conflate having parries with just like this massive skill like it's just timing it's so timing related it's like it's you have to have this this total read to do it but yet for some reason they feel like if i'm just sitting there and uh mashing uppercuts it's brain dead if parries were in street fighter 5 you could parry everybody's frame traps like if karen does low strong to stand strong i parry that every single time you know, obviously, like, with characters like Gil, they have parries. It's not true one-frame parry, but they can still do that to Karen. These things are going to be real, like, it would be really powerful, and then everybody would get really, really, really mad at that. I just, it's it's weird that people seem to think that parries are, are, are okay. But they kind of serve the exact same purpose. Uppercuts beat everything except for blocking. And parries beat everything except for throws and the high-low mix-up. But like I said, you can actually parry and then late throw tech as well. Like, there's option selects to it. Parries are really, really strong. And if you look at Third Strike, the best characters in the games are the ones that can defeat parry the best. Chun is one of the best characters in the game because her character throw is ridiculous and she has a hit confirmable crouching medium kick by itself. She has a great mix-up game that flusters parries. Right, Ken has overhead into Shippu, low strong into Shippu, low short, low short into Shippu. Yun has Ganajin. Makoto has a command grab. Yurian and Oro have unblockables. Dudley has a true 50-50 high-low mix-up when you get up. Then you get into characters like, like Remy and 12 and, and stuff, and they're not good at blowing up parries. They're not good at blowing up parries, so they can't win. Parries by all sense and purposes are way more powerful than uppercuts ever wanted to be. And then here's another thing, though. But here, here's another thing, though. It sounds like I'm shitting on parries right now. It sounds like I'm getting really, really mad at parries right now. But here's the funny thing about this. I think they should bring parries back. Like, I actually really want parries to come back in Street Fighter VI. Why? Because I recognize what the power of parries are. I don't like him as a mechanic. If I was one of those people out there on the Twitterverse right now, new to FGC, I'd be like, fuck parries, parries are broken. You can just mash parries and shit, it's stupid. Like I would be saying shit like that. But the thing is, I understand what makes parries so great. When you play Street Fighter 3, what is it that you do? You just try to parry every fucking thing in the game. 
Don't lie to me. For those of you old enough, when you first start playing Street Fighter 3, all you try to do is parry every fucking thing. When the game first showed up at the UCLA Arcade, my friend who worked at the UCLA Arcade closed the store, you know, at the proper closing time, but he he stayed and with me and like a bunch of other of his friends, we just sat there and played Street Fighter 3 all day. And you know what we did? We just tried to parry all of Yun's strong, fierce palm into Sorai Rengeki. That's all we did. We just tried to parry that whole entire sequence. You know why? Because parries make you feel fucking good. Hey, guess what? We're back to this idea again. They make you feel really fucking good, man. When I had my friends uh, who didn't really play fighting games all that much, you know, play... Uh, they wanted to play Street Fighter 3. They loved playing the Street Fighter 3 series because all they wanted to do was parry shit. Because every time you parry something, you feel like a boss. And then guess what? When you miss a parry, when you miss time a parry and you get hit, you never get mad that parries are useless. You never get mad that the opponent is cheap. You go, what the fuck? I parried that shit. Or if you parry in the wrong direction because you're playing third strike, you'll be like, oops, I guessed wrong. Instant feedback. Instant feedback. The parries basically serve the exact same purpose that a dragon punch serves. That's why Third Strike doesn't need invincible uppercuts. And even if you gave it invincible uppercuts, people would parry the invincible uppercut and make them feel like even more of a badass. People parry Ken's wake up heavy uppercut all the time. They parry EX uppercuts all the time. Having an upper, invincible uppercut would basically not change Third Strike all that much. <laughs> to be honest, it would not change it drastically. Yes, it would definitely change it in situations where, for example, Dudley walks up to you and forces you into a 50-50 mix-up if you don't have the meter for an EX reversal. But again, like, why, like, you, it's still a 50-50. You still have to guess one way to parry or the other. You know, it's like, it, it wouldn't change much. So that's why a game like Third Strike can survive without uh, without having invincible uppercuts. And like I said, I've talked about Tekken already. Tekken is a completely different beast. They have invincible stuff for all the categories. They've got high crushes, low crushes, stuff that beats down one automatically. They've got sidesteps that beat this one. So wake up, stand, you know, this kick beats this, this roll beats that, and, you know, you can avoid this with this. It's like, it's a completely different thing. So, dude, right? Like, someone in the chat just actually sits there and says, my friend who doesn't play fighting games, much love pairing my Sonic Booms with Ryu. Exactly. It's just something that makes you feel good about yourself. So if they're not going to have invincible uppercuts in Street Fighter 6, I do want parries in Street Fighter 6. I would put Street Fighter 6. I would put parries in Street Fighter 6. Now, I would make them so that they behave like Gil and Ryu, so that when you do them, there's delay at the end of them. So it's very obvious that you can punish them and it's, they're not option selectable. But I would base a whole game around that. I honestly would with Street Fighter 6. Look, at the end of the day, this whole rant here, this, this, this frustration comes from two places, right? One, when did people just start thinking invincible uppercuts were so broken? Like, why? Where did that come from? It's weird. Like, I was so happy with the progression that people don't even think throws are cheap anymore. 
You know, I love that. I love that nobody cries about throws as being cheap. You can't block throws. You can't block throws. But now all of a sudden people are complaining about fucking uppercuts. Invincible meterless uppercuts. When did this happen? How did this happen? I I don't understand it. It's never been broken in any fighting game. The biggest problem of Street Fighter V is that they only gave it to four characters. I think if half the cast had invincible uppercuts, it never would have happened. People never would have gotten mad. But the fact that the majority of the people playing the game did not have access to this, and they lost the people who were do- were mashing uppercuts, especially Ken players. And again, why is Ken so popular in Street Fighter Four? Why does everybody play Ken? Because he has an uppercut. I can't explain to you how beginner-friendly... <laughs> uppercuts are and how attractive they are to people and how much it keeps people playing games like it's so important to have that kind of thing but again look that was street fighter 5's biggest mistake is only four characters had invincible uppercuts there should have been more characters with it and it probably would have been more accepted at that point in time but because it was limited to such a small percentage of the cast it became an annoyance And it became something that people thought was a privilege. You know, those four characters a lot of people considered were top tier. Their top tier status had very little to do with their uppercuts. And, you know, characters like Mika probably would have ended up being the best character in the game at the end of season one anyway. Chun-Li was really good. Everybody complained about Chun-Li. She didn't have a meterless uppercut. People talk about Nash, but Nash fell off in season one because we figured out how to fight him a little bit better. But having an uppercut didn't make you for free a top tier, and plenty of top tier characters in that game didn't have uppercuts. So that's that's where a lot of this rant is coming from. Why are people all of a sudden so opposed to it? Why is it that whenever I bring up invincible uppercuts, everyone's like, fuck no, get rid of that scrubby shit. Like, when did that fucking become scrubby? Was it the Ken flowchart? Meme that that made everybody just go into this path that, oh, uppercut equals scrub. Like, what? Where did that come from? But the other thing that, the reason why I wanted to rant about this is because a lot of people are not recognizing this aspect. When I look at fighting games, when I play fighting games these days, I'm coming at it from a very different perspective than most people are these days. A lot of people are coming at it from a, from a very competitive standpoint. What does it do in terms of this? What is it? How does it affect the balance? And, you know, at the high levels, this is really cool, etc., etc. This is not where I'm coming from anymore these days. The older I get, the more and more my focus is no longer what's happening at the highest levels because the highest level will happen no matter what. No matter what the game is, the highest level is going to happen and it's going to exist Sailor Moon S. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. Look, every fighting game is going to be fine at the highest levels. The biggest problem right now is we can't get people to play our games right now there is a reason why a lot of the other genres of esports out there are played in just gigantic numbers compared to fighting games there's a reason why people don't watch fighting games as much you know a game like mortal kombat 11 yes it's very much more balanced it's very neutral heavy it's very 
It's very nuanced now. It's a really, really fun game to play. It's not as fun to watch anymore. I think people probably would have enjoyed MKX where they just see people get murdered all day. People get hyped for MVC2, right? Because shit just happens and flashy and UMVC3 is kind of the same way. And it's like, it's exciting. Like, I just feel like right now we're not looking at the right thing. We're not worried about the right thing. What I'm worried about right now is getting people to actually watch, play, and enjoy fighting games. It's why I'm on this super massive teaching beginners kick and stuff like that. So I am trying so hard these days to get more people into fighting games, to appreciate fighting games. There are too few people playing fighting games given how fucking wonderful fighting games are and how amazing they are. And it's, it's just because the intimidation factor is too high. The, the level of comfort is, discomfort is too high. When you sit there and play, if I, I have friends, like my friends, I'll be like, if, if I wanted to at one point in time and I went to my friends and I said, hey, let's play League of Legends right now. I will teach you how to play League of Legends. I will gather four of my friends. We'll play League of Legends. We'll fight against bots. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, place wards here. You know, try to kill minions with the last hits. Poke at the tower. Oh, by the way, last weekend I did this thing and it was really funny. And they'd be like, oh, that's actually really cool. And that's really cool. Hey, how are you? Uh, oh, you know what my son did? This was really awesome. Oh, wait, hang on, hang on a second. Go quick. I need help on the top lane. I need help on the top lane. And then people run to the top lane and... Dude, it's a fucking great time. But when I tell my friends, hey, let's play a fighting game, they're like, nah, I don't want to play that. <laughs> Nobody wants to play fighting games, man. <laughs> and it's because they're so intimidating and they're so scary. There's just like, there's just, there's like no hook for them because they're so goddamn scary. And like I said, games always succeed based on the illusion of control. All these things that I teach people if I play, make them play League of Legends will probably get them killed at the highest competitive level. They will absolutely die at the highest level. But that's not what I care about right now. That's not what I care about right now. I'm caring about trying to get people who are not into fighting games to play fighting games. I'm trying to find a way to give people hooks into fighting games. And this is the one thing that people don't understand about Invincible Uppercuts, is that Invincible Uppercuts is a hook. It is a way to get people to play fighting games, to give them the illusion of control, to give them the idea that they're doing something right, and yet when they do something wrong, it's very inherent. There's a reason why I think Tetris is the greatest video game ever created. Because if you sit somebody down in front of Tetris and they've never played Tetris before, human nature just your brain as it works right now, if you drop a block and drop another block on top of the other one in a weird, unorganized way, almost everybody just kind of goes, uh-oh. Like, they fucking realize something's wrong. You don't have to teach anybody anything, and this is where the genius of video games come from. This is where video games have to be designed from. Psychological, you have to make games this way. Like, I tell the story all the time that one of the developers for the original God of War told me a secret, that every time you reload your game, you get one more pixel of health. And you die and you reload, you get one more pixel of health. 
and you die and you reload and you get one more pixel of health. They give you an illusion of power. They had to make sure they could beat every boss with only square. <laughs> they had to test and make sure you could beat every boss by just mashing square. You know, this is the way video games work. You have to make people enjoy what they're playing. And if you take away something like the Dragon Punch, and the reason why my tweet was kind of clickbaity on purpose, that I said that fighting games are designed, 2D fighting games are designed and based around the Dragon Punch. It's, that's the reason, because it's one of the absolute most important mechanics for fighting games. It's just one of those things that makes people feel good about themselves. And not only that, but if you are a person who thinks having an uppercut is scrubby, what that makes you do is you go play a character without an uppercut because now you have something to prove. I'm going to beat you without a scrubby uppercut. And now you give somebody extra motivation. You have to understand that when you create these games, you have to approach these things from a psychological standpoint. <laughs> It's not just 1v1 games. It's not just 1v1 games. I agree with Take 72, absolutely. And again, I, 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 this is a common theme that I've been on, and everybody seems to yell at me about this. When I sit here and I try to say fighting games are hard, fighting games are hard, they're not harder than any other competitive game out there, okay? I'm just saying that right They're not harder to become good at than any other competitive game. They're harder to get through the front door and they're harder to get you to stay in the store. Okay, that's just basically what it is. Because there's very little about fighting games that make you feel good about yourself these days. And so that is the one thing that I am trying to solve here. And by taking away uppercuts, I think that's a reason why a lot of people have trouble with Street Fighter V, why there's actually not that many who actually play the game. I really honestly do feel like it's one of the things that hurts the game the most. So would I necessarily think you have to add it to make Street Fighter V better right now? No! It's balanced. It's beautiful right now. The, the system that the game is built around works exactly as it should. Street Fighter V is in a great position. Do I think the game would be more popular with more people right now? After five seasons of balancing around having invincible uppercuts? Yes, I actually do. I actually genuinely believe that. I actually genuinely believe that. So that's basically where I'm coming from. So, I, you know, on all serious mode, this is, you know, this is uncensored. I'm ranting and I'm swearing and I'm cursing and all that stuff. But honestly, in the end, my concern is that we need to make these games. We have to think about these games psychologically. We have to think about this from a game designing standpoint. It's one of the reasons why I look at Strive right now and I really look at it what Daisuke is trying to do with the game. I think he's wrong in a lot of situations, but I understand what he's trying to do. So I will approach it from a different point of view than a lot of other people. Um, I, I understand what the psychological decisions were, but unfortunately, Street Fighter V, I think is one of the most poorly designed fighting games when it comes to the psychological aspect. I really feel like that game gives you zero feedback. The game itself, gives you zero feedback 
on when you do something right and wrong. <laughs> it's very hard to figure out what's happening in that game. And that's why someone feels like when they play Tekken, you know, oh, I didn't block the mid because I was crouching. Oh, I didn't block the low because I was standing. Oh, I whiffed and he whiffed punished me. It's like, it's like a very kind of obvious you know, one-to-one kind of thing. Oh, yeah, the, the, the mid beats you crouching. The lows beat you while you're standing. Oh, you whiffed. You got launched. You know, like, it's a very easy feedback, and you can get up back into that game over and over and over again. Street Fighter Five, you get knocked down, and you try to hit a button, and you die. You try to throw, and you die. You try to block, and you die. It's like, <laughs> it's like, you, you can't figure out why you died. And that is one of the biggest complaints that I've heard about from beginners playing Street Fighter V. I don't know why I died. I don't know what is happening because the game doesn't give you any feedback. And that's why a Dragon Punch is so powerful because it is the ultimate feedback. It is one of the most genius designed moves in fighting game history. In fact, in, from, in Super Turbo, and I still remember this, Seth Killian... Yes, the great Seth Killian has said that Ryu in Super Turbo might be the most perfectly designed fighting game character ever. Now, he said this a long time ago, so we've gotten a lot farther than that, but I don't think his opinion would change that much. Ryu is such a geniusly designed character the way that he is because the uppercut is such a perfectly designed move. And so that's why I want to bring Invincible Uppercuts back. That's the main reason why, because I really, really think that it adds so much to fighting games for beginners and for newcomers. And at the end of the day, at the highest levels, it's not broken. It's never been broken. It's never been a cheap. There's not a single fighting game, I don't think anybody can point out, that the uppercut was the thing that broke the game. And if there is, it's an extreme example. CVS1, people had invincible uppercuts. Nakaruru was the best character in the game, and she didn't have invincible uppercuts. There's so many ways to get around it, dude. There's so many ways around that. So, okay, that's it for the Uncensored. Uh, Hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope you guys understood where I'm coming from. Hope you guys get a better idea of why I think the way that I do about all this stuff here. And um, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, definitely give me feedback here in the comment section. Let me know, you know, anything that you disagree with, anything that you would argue against. And I'll tell you to fuck off and I'll tell you to get the, it's to suck my nuts, assholes. No, I'm kidding. I won't do that. I'll definitely try to engage you in some uh, uh, discourse as well because I definitely like talking about this stuff. I definitely like talking about this kind of thing. And a lot of, I'm very bad at expressing exactly what I'm trying to say unless I sit down and write it all down in a notepad and think about it for a little bit ahead of time. <laughs> that usually helps. Uh, maybe I should do that before the Tuesday show a lot of the times. But the thing about it is, though, a lot of times I argue these things and I don't think people understand where I'm coming from. And where I'm coming from is that, um, you know, I'm trying to get people to play games. I'm just trying to get people to play fighting games. I plan, I, I, another topic that I've, I've flirted with talking about on Uncensored, doing an Uncensored, 
is continuing the psychological aspect. Let me know in the comments below or in the chat right now if this is something that you would like to hear. But Smash Brothers is the greatest psychological fighting game ever created. Like from a psychological standpoint, Smash Brothers is genius. Like Smash Brothers might be the perfect fighting game ever created when it comes to the psychological standpoint. Honestly, it is so brilliant. Everything about Smash Brothers is absolutely brilliant. And if you guys want to hear me do this rant, if you guys want to hear me talk about this, definitely just uh, let me know in the chat, let me know in the comments below. Because uh, if you don't think so, if you disagree, you're wrong. <laughs> it's just, it all looks what it comes down to, man. Smash Brothers is the greatest psychologically designed fighting game of all time. But thank you guys for tuning in. Um, for Unchensored, thanks guys for hanging out. Later on in the stream, I will be playing uh, Guilty Gear Strive online against other people. Should be a lot of fun times over there. Um, check, come, go ahead and come and check that out as well. And uh, like I said, if you don't uh, if you don't agree with the uppercut discussion and all that stuff like that. Let me know in the comments and chat below and everything like that. And also, uh, please like and subscribe if you do enjoy the content that I have. If you want to see more Unchensords, if you like seeing me go in Unchensored mode like this, if you like actually watching me rage when I'm not playing video games, <laughs> let me know. Subscribe, gift subs, bits, donations, all that stuff is appreciated. If you don't like Angry James, well... Um, it's none of my business, okay? So, I'll see you guys later. <laughs>